everyone, and welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Astro Theater Company. I am joined today by a very cool person. Um, you have seen or worked with her at Kansas City Rep, probably. She probably handed you a paycheck and made a funny joke, as she says that she likes to do. Uh, the one and only Amanda O'Rainey. Hello. I said your last name correctly, right? O'Rainey. I mean, I say Erony, but I'm not, anyone can say it anyway, and I'm cool with it. Amanda Erony. That's cool. It's got a fun little flow, like, bouncy to it. I love it. Right? That's yeah. that's my Hungarian roots. <laughs> You're Hungarian? I am. That's so amazing. Do you, um, wow, we're really getting right into it already. Um, do you have any, like, traditional or cultural things that you still hold on to, like, in terms of holidays or... Food, oh yeah, like uh, my grandparents on my dad's side were first generation immigrants. Um, or yeah, so my dad is a first generation American, I should say. So there's these little chocolate candies that we put on the tree every year called Zalanchukur, and there's like weird. There's just a bunch of little food things. Everything is food oriented. So yeah, that's the best kind of that. culture, I think. <laughs> right, I'm saying. That's anyway, so hi, cool. hello. Hi, uh, how you been? What have you been up to? Oh, keeping busy as much as I can. Um, still working at the ref. I'm very blessed. So I have been, you know, trying to dive all in there. Mostly. Yes, very cool. Um, so yeah. let's get to know you a little bit. As we like to say, uh, you were born and then what happened? So where are you from? And, and when did you start to like, get sucked into this crazy industry or the arts in general? Ah, the bug. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was born in Kansas City, Missouri. I grew up in KC, actually in Lee Summit. I would have gone to Lee Summit West, Lee Summit kid through and through. Um, but when, right before high school, I moved to Florida and that's where my dad was. So what I, part of Florida? Uh, Jacksonville, St. Augustine area. So okay. what was that H little shift like from middle from I'm going to say landlocked to <laughs> suddenly like being able to have access to the beach like was did that change your like worldview or your life at all and also what was the culture difference between the Midwest versus the panhandle? <laughs> <laughs> well you know, I see it more now looking back, now that I'm back in Kansas City, but um, at the time I, you know, going into high school and there's a beach right there and there's like, you feel cool driving around with your, your friends that have cars and the windows down and just, you know, it was Florida, at least at that time, the Florida culture was just very, it doesn't matter what we do, we're hanging out. And I feel like in Missouri, it's very much like you go to the lake and you go to do this thing and mm. you go to the barbecue. And it's just like, I feel like Midwestern is so much more like structured. community cozy and structured. Mm. Yeah. And that Florida has always been just kind of eh, anything goes. I mean, you've heard of Florida man. So <laughs> I have, I have, I've seen the pictures and the videos of the Gators. I'm comfortable just going to Disney world like once every couple of years and then bouncing personally, but uh, Look, I didn't grow up there really just for high school, but apparently in elementary school, they do teach you how to fight off alligators. That's what I've been oh. told from actual friends of mine. I didn't make it up, I promise. Did you get the, did you get the master class? I did not. By the time I got there for high school, it was just, I guess, not relevant anymore. You know, now that I was strong enough to fight a gator, they didn't need to teach me. Sure. They're like, you can do it. You can figure this out. Yeah, you know, pay for it. someone's master class on, you know, the app and you'll figure it out. 
exactly. There's, there's plenty of people to teach. Um, but I got to Florida and that's where I got the bug. Um, I was in middle school. I was a very introverted. I was an emo kid. I was very just like dark and moody and totally. um, not a lot of outlets. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was really into music. And so I was like music production, something like I knew I wanted to do arts, but I don't know what that meant. So when I got to Florida, I continued hanging out with the same type of people. And my, I think it was my dad or maybe me was like, you need an outlet. You need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Keep your grades good. Do something. So I had just seen Little Shop of Horrors at a dinner theater, the Alhambra in Jacksonville. And I thought it was amazing. And I saw that my high school was doing it. So I was like, oh, I'll audition. This will be great. And I chickened out. I didn't do it. But I saw it and I was very excited. And I was like, okay, next one, we're doing this. So the next show is Alice in Wonderland. And I was like, if nothing else, maybe I'll just get to like hang out after school, have some time with my friends and call it a day. Totally. Well, I auditioned and I did not do very well, but the director was like, I see that you like actually are trying really hard and you're nice to people. So we'll write you in. So I had one line. I was a flower in Alice in Wonderland. I had one line. What was the line? Maybe she's a weed. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, so did you ever I did like that. have a moment where you were like, did you did you know that like the backstage stuff existed? Like well, that was you- the thing. So she put me in with that one line and was like, okay, you're only in this one scene for the whole show. I wasn't even really an ensemble because she wanted me to be a stagehand. So I was like lead stagehand, moving all the set pieces. I was helping with costume changes and I didn't know it at the time, but I was like, Ooh, I, you know, this is kind of great. I, but I, I was just trying to find a way to hang out with my friends. So after that, I was going to audition for, I think it was one acts or something through international thespians. And she was like, you know, maybe you should try running sound or costumes or literally anything else. She was very polite to say, acting's not your thing. <laughs> um, so I started running sound and then um, I did a little more stagehand stuff and helped with like school assemblies and things like that. And then she was like, okay, well, you seem like you kind of know what you're doing and you're pretty organized. Do you want to shadow the senior stage manager? So I started doing that and eventually became the junior stage manager and then assistant directed. And I kind of just became the everything tech theater at yeah. school. And did you like taking on that role? Because it seemed like you had sort of found your tribe. Like you knew that like those were your, your folks that you wanted to hang with. But it seemed like you were trying to like maybe fit into a role that you didn't like maybe understand or quite know that, you know, better things were awaiting you, like a better fit. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like I, it started because I just wanted to hang out slash make friends because I had only been in Florida for a year. So I still didn't know that many people. And um, so it started that way. But once I realized like, oh, I actually not only fit in with these people, but my, the drama teacher, my director, she kept trying to help me find whatever I wanted to fit into. I mean, I got to try literally everything. So I think that because she gave me that opportunity, I was like, well, there's gotta be something here that works for me. So when I found stage management specifically, I was like, I hadn't stuck around and just said, why not? I wouldn't have gotten here. So 
I've literally been doing theater since 2010 high school. I've done it every single year in some capacity. Haven't stopped. Yeah. So shout out to Alice in Wonderland. That's when I got the bug. <laughs> Maybe she's a weed. Yeah. <laughs> See, and you just did such a better reading of it than I could. No, no, no. I'm just what I what I take away from that is like God bless the people who are like in education who can spot like passion and talent a mile away and like nurture right. it and like shepherd us into other things because when you're a kid you're just it's like the whole world is just you have no like the blinders are on you know what I mean exactly and there's so little perspective so it's like I yeah I never would have known and I'm I actually really liked doing sound that was really fun she was like no if you want to mess around and do that for a while you can go back to it like just allowing the freedom for that like she let me do her makeup for an opening night once like just like random stuff god bless Jordan McVeigh if for any reason she sees this (laughs) which she probably won't you're the best anyway um but yeah, that was, that was the educators. They're incredible. They are incredible. So, <laughs> um, I, when did you like uh, flip a switch to be like, this is something I want to continue to study or be a part of, or like seek out to be like my job instead of like a hobby or something that I do after school or on the side? Yeah, I, I was trying to pinpoint that earlier because part of me thinks I was just trying to rebel against my dad, honestly, Mm -hmm. because my dad really wanted me to go into computer science and, or something in the STEM world. And, um, my mom, I, uh, this is probably a question later, I think. Um, but my mom like grew me up on Broadway. I've been listening to Broadway musicals my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I already knew that I enjoyed theater. Once I realized I had a good place in it and I knew I didn't want to do computer science. I was like, I'm young. What do I have to lose? So I decided, I think my junior year, when I was really starting to look at college applications and everything, like one, is there anywhere in state? Because I knew I was going to have to stay in state. Is there anywhere that has a program worth me pursuing? One, two, can I afford it? And three, like, you know, after that, what is there enough work out there for me to stay sustained? Because I knew financially I'd probably have to move back home. So I did all of that really early. And my dad tried to talk me out of it. And I said, you know what, let's just do it. Um, I've figured everything else out. Why I can do this too. So it wasn't sort of it, like a common theme of like one, at least one parent and like the folks that I've interviewed being like, are you sure that you don't want to study something else? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I think comes from like, I don't know, either a place of like, they just truly have no idea like what happens in the art or theater world like there's just like a lack of exposure or yeah. there's this other thing where it's like, I want to spare my kid from like this really, really tough industry full of like a lot of talent and a lot of people. And so very few opportunities exactly. and, you know, that's not, not, it's not seen as like a sustainable job necessarily. And right. I think it usually whittles down to one of those two things I, yeah. that I've talked to. I, absolutely. And I think my dad was in the latter. And I just remember, uh, I think it was in my first year of college, I found this article that was about how the skills from stage management or technical theater, how they transfer into the real world. And it gave examples of different types of jobs and things like that. And I sent that to him. And it was one of the first times we talked about like, hey, even if theater doesn't work out for me, 
there's also these industries and also look at all the things that I can still do. And it was like this light bulb moment of like, oh, it's not just about being a performer or being at this. It's like, how can you transfer that? And what better way than in an art that you have to work with so many people and have a community like. Yeah. So what did you end up going to school for? So I went to Florida State for, and I got a bachelor's in theater. Um, They, for the non-BFA programs, there was no specializations. It was just a generalized degree. So I did um, stage management work and that was like my focus. And I did like a, my senior year of individual study, like in that. So you could say it was kind of like what I studied, but it was just a general degree. But I graduated in 2015 and I was supposed to have a minor in entrepreneurship and that was the worst mistake ever. And I got, it was, it was a rough time, man. And my, that was my dad's, like the thing he was clinging on to. He's like, you're still getting that minor though. It's like, yeah. And something that's literally not going to do anything, but yeah, sure. <laughs> a minor in entrepreneurship, but you do, correct me if I'm wrong, have your own business, right? You know, I never put that together, but yeah, I do. <laughs> Your dad had his hand, your dad got his way after all this time. <laughs> I'll be very happy to hear someone say that because it ain't going to be me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, and so then how did you sort of meander to the cornfields of Kansas City? How did you, like, what brought you back here? So I was working in St. Augustine, Florida at the Limelight Theater, um, a really sweet community theater up there or down there. And um after a few years, you know, I gained a good amount of experience. I really am just so proud of that place. I am a community theater person. Like that's my roots. That's where I've learned so much. So I will always, anyway. Um, but at the same time, I was like, okay, well, I'm still really young. I want to do more. I want to move to regional professional. Mm. And in that area of Florida, there is no professional theater besides a dinner theater. And um, the cost of living is very high. And Kansas City started uh, kind of blinking in the back of my head. My mom lives here, my sister, my two best friends. I have a lot of roots still here. So I figured, okay, cost of living is like half of Florida. Casey reps right there, but there's also 10 plus other professional theaters okay, there's no way I can't get something out there and I know I'll have a place to stay. So I started planning it about a year and a half out and trying to get as much uh, experience at my theater, at Limelight as I could and just kind of moved here. I didn't have a job. Um, I had an interview with Coterie, but I didn't have a job. And um, there, I had a month of unemployment and was like, maybe this isn't gonna happen. Mm. <laughs> but Kansas City has ended up being the best decision I've made um, professionally and personally. So How come? I, Florida was something that happened to me. I didn't get to choose it. Um, mm. And you know, that's fine. But this was the decision of like, first of all, first adult decision for me <laughs> to um, just knowing that I was close to my family and my roots. So personally, but then professionally, there's this professional community gives me the same feeling for the most part that I had back in Florida of the community theater. Everyone takes care of each other. Everyone's looking out for each other, reaching out for opportunities, how, you know, so coming here and realizing that we still have that despite how vast of a of a theater community we have is like the best freaking feeling. Yeah. So 10 out of 10, at least I'm, <laughs> I've only been here two and a half years. So I don't know, give it time. I hope not, but. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so what have you been up to? Like, what were you up to before uh, Karinta decided to blow her way into town? 
Um, well, so I'm the company manager, Casey Reps. So we were working on the New York's Festival. Um, for me personally, that's my biggest time at the Rep. Um, I, ooh, so it's two, if you don't know, it's two show, anyone listening, that is um, <laughs> podcast life. Um, it's two shows in repertory and it involves flying in anywhere from five to 10 people per team. Um, and then there's guest speakers and we have a panel of distinguished artists from around the country. So it ends up for the company manager being anywhere from 15 to 30 people from out of town at once, all for the same little period of time. So, um, and, and there's you, a lot of logistics. Uh, yeah, how, like, what is your role in that? Are you facilitating, like, how they, like, the minutia of how they, like, get from the airport to their housing and, like, making sure all of those details are intact? literally from the second they leave their house in an uber from the second they leave the hotel in an uber to get back to the airport when they leave kansas city every single bit of that is organized and facilitated by me and i have help you know the artistic team especially when it's that busy helps me but i'm booking their flights their hotels their cars uh sometimes their ubers if i'm doing the reimbursements i'm making sure catering comes it's it's everything. Um, oh. And that's at the same time as, you know, the people who are in the dressing rooms ready to go on stage and they're getting their paychecks. I'm, you know, yeah. taking care of the, uh, the artists working with all these other ones. So that all was happening and culminated to March 13th, opening night of both shows, COVID shutdown. Did they on get to open? Night. Did they get to do one performance? That night, um, they ended up doing a, that was the archive. So they did perform that night as an archival. And I think anyone who had friends or family in town, um, specifically like immediate friends or family, they got to see it, I believe. But other than that, no, neither of them. Frankenstein and Legacyland did not get to open. And it was such a shame. Oh. Yeah. And the festival that we had all the guests for, it was just bananas so <laughs> yeah and then to sort of have to pick up the pieces from that and be like okay we're pivoting and we're figuring out how to get you all home in a safe way and implementing yeah. these new rules like I imagine that's been a big challenge oh it was it was a lot um and then there was you know extra apartments we were renting that that process needed to be go gone through and then as a result of covid you know all the things that are in my purview that have to be completely uh audited and analyzed and yeah it it was a few months of just i don't know how we're all gonna make it through this much less me but yeah. um or the other way around I digress. So it was, it was a lot, but then it was quiet, you know, then there was a lot of quiet because once all those pieces had been picked up, it's like, okay, well now we're all figuring out the next steps together. And there's a comfort in that, mm. um, that, but now we're still doing it. Yeah. So. And what has that shift been like for you personally and artistically to find yourself at the beginning of the pandemic, very busy, sort of like firing on all cylinders to now this like the great stillness as I like to refer to it as. Uh, what, what's sort of, I don't know, flip-flopped or changed for you or stayed the same? Um, well, I think I found myself really at a crossroads professionally, um, specifically with my job, not because of the job, but with a, okay, my purpose has been to be at the mercy of the artist, whatever they need, I got you. 
and yet there's no artist now. So what is, what is my purpose? How can I still prove myself to not only be an asset to my company, but how can I remind myself that I still have value in what Mm. I'm doing? Um, so I have been very lucky to find an outlet professionally for that. Um, Theater Community Fund of Kansas City is a new nonprofit. I'll do the real plug later, but I'm the VP (laughs) of the board and um, we've been able to really do a lot of community serving here in town, which I didn't know that I wanted to do so much of until I started doing it. Um, But I wouldn't have had the time or allowed myself the time to focus on that had I not had this lull, the the great stillness. Um, If that hadn't shown up, I wouldn't have even considered it because my job has always been go, 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 go. Um, And then personally, I've, you know, been able to take stock of my life and, you know, I'm, I'm 25 and I've kind of just been working and working and working up until this point. So I never had an opportunity to just sit and be like, hmm, actually like want to do with my life career so it's been really great to just have a little peace and quiet and time to like check in with myself been able to like make some big life changes so I can move myself forward and just like it yeah it's been really fulfilling in a way that I feel guilty about because I'm in a privileged position to take a step back to be in good health to still be employed and I Mm -hmm. know that I'm very privileged in that. So I'm trying to do the best I can with that and like, you know, boost myself the best way I know how instead of sitting and being sad because otherwise what is the point of this privilege that I have? Yeah, totally. And also you're, it seems as if you're like garnering that and this stillness to make something productive out of it and into an outlet where you can like help other people and serve this community that that you and I and everyone is so fond of, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that speaks to just like who you are as a person. So don't, Uh-oh. don't sell yourself short. That's really, that's really fucking cool. Thank um, you. Yeah, of course. So tell me a little bit about the theater uh, community fund. I want to, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So um, started as an idea back in the summer um, and not my idea. It was, re- you know, a bunch of people came together and we were just like, how do we serve the community in a time where we're all suffering? Mm-hmm. And it, words, words are, <laughs> I'm losing my words right now because it was just such a whirlwind. Um, Basically, we started with an idea of a food pantry. You know, there are people who just an extra bag of groceries, 50 bucks in groceries that, could help absolutely anyone. So, okay, there are theaters in town that aren't working right now or they're dark. So how can we partner and use that open space to be able to go to a place? Everyone knows where the unicorn is if you work in this area. So like, okay, let's go meet at the unicorn. So started with the unicorn and Casey public and having storage for food and started, uh, that started really picking up. And then um, through my, you mentioned my entrepreneurship through my pet sitting business. We started collecting um, pet food and litter and uh, toys. And then we moved into winter coats and gloves and doing these events. And suddenly people were starting to pay attention and that meant we could serve more people. And just recently we were able to get a grant. Well, not really us get a grant, but partner with theater league for a grant, um, to give out to artists. So it's, you know, a couple hundred artists will be able to be served by this and, uh, through our outreach to the community. So that's the goal, you know, the goal is to be able to give financial means, uh, 
the service in whatever way, if that's discounts on headshots, if that's, um, you know, a workshop in this or that resume building, um, you know, just anything we can do to help. Also then people who want to come here and work and maybe can't, or those who are graduating from high school and college that are wondering what they're gonna be able to do next, helping young professionals, but also our current community stay here as long as possible, mm. stay afloat. And this way, when we all come back, we all come back together. Yeah, I, I think that is incredible and such a noble mission to undertake, especially in a time where there are so few jobs in this industry and not just in Kansas City, but everywhere, right? Exactly. And it's really cool and inspiring to see the ingenuity that's, and the creativity that's coming out of like, how can we use all of this time? This, how can we view this time as a gift as opposed to like a sentence, you know? Exactly. And think of ways to like bolster each other so that we do come back stronger. And so that the, that safety net is there for the next moment that happens, you know? Right. Not as big of a moment, but- Fingers you crossed. Know, <laughs> I think that is really, really cool. Um, so when we are able to come back and gather again, um, are there things that you hope are different about the theater world industry community? Um, or are there like, what are you also missing the most? Yeah, um, I'm missing, what I'm missing is also what I hope there's more of. And that comes down to community. Uh, I should have a dollar for every time I've said that in this mm -hmm. interview, because we <laughs> have a lot of dollars. Um, <laughs> but really it's, that's what I miss. I, especially right now when we're doing this, it's post Christmas, thinking about Christmas Carol and the potluck that I'm used to organizing and seeing just everyone's joy and like, you know, the camaraderie that comes with being in a theater space um, or even just with my colleagues, you know, I miss that deeply, but at the same time uh, doing an audit of that at all of our individual theaters and experiences. There's so much work to be done, obviously, in uh, diversity and inclusion and accessibility, but also I think um, within company cultures, uh, I, I speak just as an administrator, but it, it feels often like we, we, the royal we, <laughs> think mm -hmm. about, um, you know, there's performers and there's musicians and then there's admin people. And even in the admin world, we kind of see ourselves in that way anyway. It's like, y'all make the art, we make it happen in the background for you. Okay, do the thing. But as someone who find I've found myself bridging many of those worlds just by the nature of my job, seeing more, um, I don't know, just more understanding of all the pieces that it takes to make the art happen and more mutual respect for each other. And with that, I think a lot of the ED&I work, I think the two will lift each other up in a way, um, but I just, I miss the community, but I also know that the community is what you make it, so. Mm, yeah. I was think that, that word vomit or what? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. It's such a good perspective we haven't necessarily had yet, but to, to talk about the idea that oftentimes we do sort of separate ourselves into like, you know, even on stage or off stage or yeah. you know, this. And I think this pandemic for me has made me thankful for just, and, and conscious of the entire community as a whole, you know? Exactly. And when it comes down to it, it's like, we all rely on this thing that we love and give all of our time and energy to. And it takes so many different people to make it happen successfully. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what I'm drawn to most about theater. Um, and it's why like, I, I like to play some sports too. It's like, 
you come together as a team to make something bigger than yourself, you know, exactly. something that can like uplift people or give people an escape or just an outlet, uh, a space where they can just sort of like let out, you know, a sigh for a few moments, yeah. come back stronger when, you know, we go back to the real world. Which... Exactly. That catharsis. That's what we're all here for. We're just trying to, just trying to be humans together and maybe have yes. a little fun while we do it. <laughs> that's really, uh, we need to get that on t-shirts. That's an amazing motto. Yes. Um, Okay, well, I can't believe it's already almost been 30 minutes. Um, is there anything coming up that you're working on that you can sort of plug a little bit or where can we find you? Um, so I don't really have much to plug besides TCF, which I already did, that you can find us on Instagram at theater with an R-E, theater fund KC. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me on Instagram at Amanda underscore Erany. It's a lot of selfies. I don't post a lot of theater stuff, but if you're interested, I mean, hey, whatever. Um, but also I will do a quick plug. I'm a pet sitter and most of my business was within the theater community. So I'm hurting a little bit. So if you have a dog that needs to be walked or just don't want to do it in the snow, Find me at Happy Tales KC. I'm a big animal person. Um, yeah, that's it's not fantastic. Deep. You also do plant sitting too, right? Oh, that's true. I do. I do. I have like six plants. plants. <laughs> and white. <laughs> they yeah, look healthy, plants. readers. They look healthy. I would take her up on this. Um, that's fantastic. We'll throw all those little links for our friends to find them all when we post this, you know, in like seven years time. Um, Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for sitting down and chatting with us for just a few minutes today and lending your unique perspective and, and your story to all of this. Um, we can't wait to gather once again and, you know, once it's safe and we all ready to do this crazy thing we call theater one more time. Fingers crossed it's sooner rather than later. <laughs> Amen. Well, we'll see you soon, all right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.